Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 210 of the show. It's wonderful to have you here with me, and I appreciate having you as a listener. We've got an awesome topic to talk about today, all about what we can learn from pushers. Before we get to that, I want to tell you quickly about a brand new email alert system that I've put in place. Every t- if you sign up for this, every time I put up for uh, every time I put up a new episode of the podcast, you'll automatically receive an email that just lets you know what the new podcast is about, what the topic is, and give you a quick link to go to the page to check it out. So to sign up for that, all you have to do is go to essentialtennis.com slash podcast. And up at the very top, you'll see a banner with a video there, kind of a welcome video for the podcast. And to the right of that video, a little box where you can put in your email address. If you sign up for that, I will not bug you about anything else at all. You'll only hear from me when I have a new podcast episode to, to let you know about. So there's a new option to just kind of be alerted when I uh, put a new episode out. Hopefully you take advantage of that. And with that, let's go ahead and get to today's topic. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and start talking about everybody's favorite kind of player, and that is the pusher, right? Everybody seems to hate playing pushers. And I I, I want to credit today's uh, topic idea to Charles, who is very, very active on the forums at EssentialTennis.com. He also is the writer of the ATP Tour News blog at Essential Tennis. So if you've ever read any of the news about men's professional players on EssentialTennis.com, Charles is the person that wrote it. Charles, I, I've appreciated your, your input and your participation throughout the years at Essential Tennis. So this uh, this episode is dedicated to you because you came up with the the topic idea. And basically, we're going to talk about what we can learn from pushers. And I want to begin with a quote from a very good friend of mine. He was my doubles partner throughout most of my college career. His name is Mark. Uh, Some of you have actually worked with him who have done clinics with me in person, essential tennis clinics. He's been my assistant out, out in California several times. So Mark has this quote that he got from his high school coach, which goes like this. There's another name for pushers, winners. <laughs> pushers just have a knack for winning. And I mean, why is it really that people hate playing pushers so much? It's because they win. If they didn't ever win, then everybody would love playing them, right? It'd be just this this player who has kind of funky looking strokes, maybe not very traditional, but they're easy to beat. So I love playing pushers. But no, that's not why pushers are so universally hated among recreational tennis players. They're hated because they win and they use kind of quote unquote ugly tennis very often to defeat us. Not always, but that's kind of the, the hallmark of the, the stereotypical pusher, person that just does whatever is necessary to just get the ball in no matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter if it's pretty or not. They just get the ball in the court. Now, why do they win? Well, they win because they understand the most basic law of tennis success at its very core level, and they really take it to heart, and that's why they're so successful. They understand 
that the last person to hit the ball in wins. Just think about that for a second. That's, that's an incredibly obvious statement, but just think about it for a second. The last person to hit the ball in wins. That's all that really counts. The last person to hit the ball in wins the points. Last person to hit the ball in in a game wins the game. Same thing with a set, same thing with a match. There are no style points in tennis. There are no points for who hit the ball with more power. There are no points for the person that hit the ball with the most amount of spin. There's no points for the person that has the best outfit or the newest tennis racket or the, the coolest shoes. There's no points for any of that. There's only points for hitting the ball in the court. And the pusher understands this and simply does whatever is possible to just make that happen, whatever the cost. So point number one that I want to make here, this is I'm going to make just two major points. This is going to be a pretty quick episode. Major point number one is that you should respect the pusher and his or her game. They understand tennis, what it takes to win, and they're frequently very, very good at that, and that's why they win, and that's why they're so annoying to play. They're very good at, at that basic core fundamental understanding of what it takes to win at the game of tennis. So respect them. That's point number one. And this is going to be hard for some of you to hear because you've gone through your, your tennis career bad-mouthing this type of player. And what I'm telling you basically kind of goes against that, that kind of attitude. And you know what? Having the right attitude in life, not just in tennis but in life, very often makes all the difference to being successful or not successful. And I hope that you, you're hearing me with an open mind today, especially if you've had a history of of bad in this type of player. Now, major point number two that I want to hit on is that we need to learn from the pusher, not necessarily emulate them completely. In fact, in a minute here, I'll tell you why that's not a good idea. But we do need to learn from them and learn from their success. And really, what what the major lesson comes down to is this. You should only play as risky as is necessary to win. You should only play tennis as risky as is absolutely necessary to win. When you're aggressive with your shots, you're taking on risk. The, chance of you miss, the chances of you missing increase. When you're offensive with your shots, you're taking on more risk. The harder you hit, the closer you aim, aim to the lines, and the closer that you hit over the top of the net, the more your chances for failure, the more your chance of missing increases. And I'm making a lot of obvious statements today, but we need to put all this together in your, in your, in your mind, right? We, like I talked about a second ago, we need to have a certain attitude about this and having a very clear understanding of what all this means kind of in the big picture of your tennis game is extremely important. So just understand that the more aggressive you are, the more offensive you are, the more risk you have, the more chance you have for failure. And if it's not necessary to take that risk in order to beat X, Y, or Z opponent, then why risk it? Be careful. This is, I mean, it's important to understand the whole risk thing. And it's important to understand that this is why pushers are successful. But I don't want you to take this too far. So be careful because sooner or later, you will need offense to continue advancing at the game of tennis. So so please 
hear me very, very carefully. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use offense or that you shouldn't be working on developing weapons. You, you should be. Just simply know that for each and every match you play, you need to evaluate exactly how much risk is needed, how much, how much offense is really needed in, in order to beat this player. You know, if, you're, if you move much better than them, if your technique is much better than theirs, if your consistency is much better, your fitness is better, you know, your mental toughness is stronger, and all these things are, are present, then just understand that the amount of risk needed to defeat this player is very, very, very low. And you should be playing the highest percentage style of tennis possible because if you just do that, you will defeat this player. And that's what pushers do so well. They Now, granted, they, they're one-dimensional and it's all they have. You know, the classic stereotypical type pusher. But they do that so incredibly well. And that's why they're successful. So for every match, you need to evaluate how much risk is needed and then adjust your strategy accordingly. So a pusher that never develops offensive weapons will really never make it past the 3.5 to 4.0 level. And really, honestly, most pushers, you know, and, I, and again, I, I'm kind of pushers in, in air quotes here, talking about your stereotypical, classic, recreational pusher player that just gets the ball in, makes it look kind of ugly, but just gets every ball back over and over and over again. You know, that's that type of player really resides mostly right around the 3.0 to 3.5 level. You'll see some of them still at 4.0. Stronger 4.0 to 4.5 and above, you don't see that type of stereotypical pusher type player anymore. And that's because there comes a certain time where you need weapons. And if you only have defense, if all you have is consistency and nothing else, there, you know, you'll come up against a certain level of player where it's no longer good enough anymore. It's just not. You have to have some kind of way of putting the ball away at some point or another. Now, a, a quote-unquote pusher that also develops weapons, well, I mean, the sky's the limit for that for that type of player. And I played with several of these types of players in college, players that were stronger than me. I mean, much better players than I was. And they were incredibly, incredibly good at playing high percentage tennis. I mean, really smart, savvy players. Mark, I, I uh, credited him for that quote uh, to kick off the episode. He was one of them. He never, ever did more than what was necessary to win. He was incredibly smart. That doesn't mean that he, quote-unquote, pushed, right? I mean, he hit a solid rally ball off both his forehand and backhand side, but he was incredibly smart and didn't risk more than, than was necessary. When it was necessary, he had weapons too, but you didn't see them unless it was really needed. That's what, you, that's what we need to take away from the pusher and learn from the pusher and implement it into our own game. And if you can do that, then, you know, the, the opportunity for you to improve and really the level that's available for you to play at really becomes very, very high. And it, it, this is a type of player that's incredibly difficult to beat. Somebody who's smart, savvy, doesn't take risks, and yet has the weapons when it's necessary to pull them out and, and really force the issue and be offensive. So... Just a quick kind of attitude check today <laughs> that, that I wanted to, to accomplish. 
And in a very quick review, just three phrases here. Number one, respect the pusher. Number two, learn from the pusher. And number three, play smart, winning tennis. And again, this doesn't mean that you're one-dimensional and you just have defense. You should be working on offense. You should be working on developing weapons. But you should be doing so in a smart and savvy way. Hopefully that makes sense. And hopefully this quick little message is helpful to you. Hopefully it kind of changes your attitude a little bit about the pusher. It kind of opens your eyes a little bit about where they stand in kind of the grand scheme of things as far as tennis, recreational tennis is concerned. And hopefully it helps you uh, be more successful. So Charles, thank you so much for for the topic. Hopefully this was along the lines of, of kind of what you were looking for. And I look forward to your continued participation on the forums at EssentialTennis.com. All right, that does it for episode number 210 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen to what I have to say about tennis and improvements, getting better, winning more matches. I really hope that today's topic was, was helpful to you. Really quickly before we we wrap up, I've got a quick question for you. If you're a regular listener of the show, if if you've been listening to my older back episodes, you've maybe noticed that I used to have a way to donate. To be honest, this is something I'm not super (laughs) comfortable talking about, but I actually had a listener email me within the last week or two and ask me, Ian, how come there's no donate page anymore? I used to make donations available for for people that just really appreciated the podcast and and wanted to give back and help support what I'm doing. You know, obviously every episode takes time out of my day. I've had to invest in a lot of equipment to be able to do this and make it sound professional. And so I used to have kind of a a regular group of people that that would donate to the show. If that's something that that you would appreciate the option of having, let me know. Just let me know. Uh, shoot me an email to ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com, or you can use the contact page at essentialtennis.com. If I get a bunch of people saying that they would appreciate that option, then maybe I'll, I'll make it available again. But basically, basically, I took it down when I, when I began to offer paid courses online. I, I just didn't feel right about offering paid courses and asking for donations, Um but, you know, currently at EssentialTennis.com, there's literally nothing for sale. I only do promotions a couple of times per year. And, and so if, if you'd like to give back for what you've learned at the podcast, let me know. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll put that up again. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to the next one already. Until then, take care and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.